welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. If you haven't already, go check out my new website. You can view the latest episode, fan favorites, and even submit a question to future guests. You can visit the website at Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast.my.canva.site. You can also find the link in the show notes. So the song you just heard is Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Heath Grimm. Heath will be entering his 24th season as the head coach of the Upper Iowa Peacocks. During his tenure, the Peacocks have placed in the top 11 nine times. And he has also guided their transition from Division Three to Division Two. I think it's also worth mentioning every coach on his staff is a former wrestler of his. A testament to the amount of respect and loyalty his athletes have for him. Heath graduated from Osage High School and went on to become a two-time All-American for Luther College. He was inducted into the Luther College Athletic Hall of Fame in 2004. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Coach Heath Grimm. So yeah, what uh, what's what's going on? How's your summer been? Summer's good. I actually helped out <clears throat> Osage softball. You were did help. Yeah, me and uh, I don't know if you remember Nick Heeman. He was the coach at New Hampton when they won a couple dual titles. Yeah. Coached uh, Blackus. Mm-hmm. Um, he was down in Creston as well and, and did some good things. He's an Osage guy too. And we both moved back with girls. So we took, you know, he took over as the head and I took over as an assistant. And we got that thing cranked up and turned around a little bit in a hurry. So. Yeah, they were good this year. I was following your posts and um, Brian Fank's post. Like, fortunately, it kind of came to a sour end, but Ugh. they were good. Yeah, that was a rough end. It's a rough end. Losing to somebody you beat 13 to 1. Yeah. And um, Leah, is it right? The, the one that's a senior this year. Um, yeah, that, that's going to go to Upper Iowa. Yeah. Oh, is she? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. And where's Emma at nowadays? Emma's at North Central Wrestling. Okay. And they won the women's national title last year. No kidding. Yeah, they're good. They're real good. I think they're not going to roll over for Iowa. You know, everyone thinks Iowa girl's going right. to come in and roll it. North Central's good. They had 15 All-Americans. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Emma wasn't an All-American, but they flew her out to Washington to wrestle in the UWs, and she mm-hmm. AA'd there. So, I mean, they got a lot of depth, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, uh, McKendry's another one that's really good. And and Life, I thought, has some pretty big studs. Like, there's some good programs out there that we're going to hear about pretty soon. Yeah. yeah. What about you? When did you guys start to put the pieces together for a women's program? Oh, it's been talked about for years. Really? But we just needed the right people in place, need an athletic director that was going to support it fully. Um, it just needed to be the right time. And, and Upper Iowa's kind of gone through a little bit of a reimagining, reshaping a little bit, um, getting rid of a few sports, adding some that they think will be a little bit more efficient and successful here. And so I, it just came together at a great time. And then we're able to hire a, a great coach, which is a challenge in itself right now with hiring women coaches at this level. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, how uh, I saw Upper Iowa cut tuition. Yeah, that one must have been a big, a big deal. You don't yeah. hear that. Well, it's all relative, right? To to merit aid and everything else. But you darn right. I mean, when you can put that initial sticker price down underneath twenty grand versus, you know, uh, before you know you're looking at thirty two grand for tuition. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it helped get a few more kids in the hopper initially with a um, general admission. Uh, it really didn't change wrestling re- recruiting one bit, but um, definitely, I think for the non-student athlete, it, it can jump at them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and you got your start, so you're from Osage. Um, when did you start wrestling? Let's dive into the background of Heath Grimm. Yeah, <laughs> young man, young, you know, but I was a farm kid. So, you know, we didn't do the whole circuit. I mean, it was, you had to feel grateful to get, you know, a a day in town, um, Mm -hmm. you know, or get into the wrestling room, things like that. But, you know, just doing the local area tournaments as second, third, you know, fourth grade. And and I'd say we started to compete more, you know, in that fourth, fifth grade time. Yeah. And that's when you really got into it. Yeah. You know, yeah, by the time I got into junior high, junior high actually was my first freestyle experience as well. I remember being with uh, Jerry Johnson. Um, I think we went to Hudson, Iowa, of all places. Um, <laughs> you know, I had Mike Euchre underneath me that did a bunch of Greco and freestyle. So Dan had his own club there, the Five Point Club. He ran out of Osage, and they dragged me around and started getting some more exposure with like guys like him and Dusty Rhodes. You know, even though they were younger, those guys were a little bit more in tune with that freestyle scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just rolled into high school success a little bit, or when did you start having success? Well, I mean, define success, you know. Right. Um, yeah. The thing was, is you just, you expected to be successful at Osage. You, you just did. I mean, if you're going to be the varsity guy, you know, there shouldn't be too many people that can go out there and beat you. You should be able to go out and win. So, you know, I think I might only lost once in seventh and eighth grade. And, um, you know, so I was projected to be the starter at 98 as a freshman. And I remember upperclassmen coming out, out to the farm saying, Hey, you're going to be our guy. And so you're coming with us this weekend and we're going to compete here. We're going to go, let's go get a workout in with guys like Mooberry and Sweeney and Jim Beamer and all those kind of guys. So um, it, it was, you know, Bill Andrews was the head coach at the time. Billy was a state champ, I think for Waterloo West. Um, you know, he, he did a lot of mentoring. I know and working with the Schwab family, you know, and they were real tight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, we just, we're just hardwired, expect to win, you know, and you, you got the, the opportunity. Yeah. How was it to get pulled off the farm? Were you like, yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Church was great too. So yeah. the church trips in the town. Perfect. Let's go. Um, yeah. Any, any, uh, any valid excuse to get into town. Let's go. Yeah. Was there some pushback there? Uh, being a farm kid, you know, my parents both lived on farms. Like um, there could have been times where maybe you weren't allowed to go because you had to be on the farm. Was that ever an issue? Yeah. I mean, right. Work had to get done. So yeah. if you wanted to go bad enough, right, you got up earlier, stayed up later the night before and made sure you had your, 
ducks in a row. But you know, dad, dad was old school, but he was also, I mean, if, if you um, wanted something bad enough and could demonstrate it, I think, you know, he supported us, you know, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Were you able, uh, did you do any other sports growing up? That's probably my one resentment. I mean, I, yeah, I love baseball. I love football and, and, you know, probably had a chance at, at starting, you know, pretty early in my career there, but got into ninth grade and that's when the old sage culture at the time, it seemed like a lot of us just went to wrestling only. And uh, I, I regret that. I mean, there was a lot of friend groups, you know, that I think I, I started to, you know, minimize and, and just kind of stay with the wrestling culture all the time. But um, yeah, you know, football and baseball, I love doing both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, so then did you do them a little bit growing up? Like, were they like flag football or, you know, like club baseball or whatever? Yeah. I mean, baseball, we did that all the way through like, you know, little league and, and some little bit of travel, mm-hmm. some Legion ball back then was what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandpa was like a really good ball player. Like he played for the, um, signed a contract with the Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, a long, long time ago, back in the 40s. And so, um, and I think he actually had ties in starting the first Little League program in Osage. But, um, and football, I was just thinking about that the other day. Man, what a different world we live in. I mean, we'd go, we'd just get all dropped off by our parents on Saturdays at the local elementary school. And we'd Mm -hmm. come with, I mean, used football equipment, full pads, let's go. <laughs> I mean, it was brutal. <laughs> that was brutal. So no kidding. So like uh, middle school, did you play like middle school football? Yep. Middle school. Yeah. Uh, seven, yep. Seventh, eighth grade. Yep. Yep. So yep, all that for sure. <laughs> and then slot just back. Baby. Here we go. Slot back. Slot back. Here we go. Yep. Slot yep. back and cornerback. Osage was, they've had some pretty good teams lately. Were they good back in the day too? Yeah, you know, there was some competitiveness for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're probably a little bit more um, modernized than what we were. <laughs> I think it was sweep right, sweep left, you know, yeah, up the middle, here we go. So, yeah. Um, when did you start really starting to take wrestling seriously? Oh, I took, that was my thing. That was my, that was really? my sport. Yeah, that was seventh, eighth grade. I mean, it. I lived and died with it. That's for sure. It mattered. Yeah. Um, yeah. What made you end up then on, uh, at Luther? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that there's layers to that, but, mm-hmm. um, it was close. Yeah. Uh, my fam, my, my mom and dad had split up. Okay. And so, and I had a younger brother, so I felt close was good. Uh, the head coach at the time was Davis Johnson. He just passed away here within the last year. Davis was a guy that, I mean, I wanted to wrestle for, I wanted to win for. Um, he's just one of those guys. He didn't teach me much, you know, as far as on the mat stuff, but he was a guy I wanted to win for in the corner. I valued that tremendously. Um, you know, and then the other thing was probably just not realizing how good I could be and it's not a knock on anybody or Luther or anything. It's just, um, you know, I always fell short in high school, you know, every year, right. I was, you know, being a state champ or I was ranked number one or number two. And I, and I always choked at the end. Uh, I would put so much pressure on myself and 
you know, it was probably just a lack of confidence too, that I, you know, could I go compete somewhere bigger? Um, so I wanted to go where I was wanted. And, and that really came full circle when I got the job at Upper Iowa and Larry Munger was already here as an assistant coach. And he was one of Dan Gable's best friends. And Gable came up um, when, when I got the job, put on an Upper Iowa shirt, did a little photo shoot with us and and he mentioned he goes you know i had grim i had your name on our recruiting board he goes but you, you know you never came through at the end so um you know it, it you know that's and if i would have known that i might have been a little more bullish and would have kicked down that door you mm-hmm. know and had a conversation but um yeah so close yet so far away there at moments mm-hmm. yeah but i mean you had a successful career in high school and in, and in college you know um two-time All-American, you Luther Hall of Fame, you know, athletic, college athletic Hall of Fame. So um, sometimes are you able to at least look back and go, you know, I'm proud of what I have accomplished? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I can step back now, but I mean, there for a long time. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I still don't think about, you know, getting your heart ripped out, you know, and basically you're doing it to yourself you know, in high school and then even in college, you know, there were some moments there where, you know, would it, you know, just a seven seconds defending uh, an inside trip and you're in the national finals, you know, I mean, those things stay with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it takes a lot of work. I take a lot of pride in this sport. That's backbone of my family. That's the backbone of our program is pride. And, um, you know, when you sign up for it, you sign up for all of it. So I don't think we realize when we sign up for it, that we sign up for all of it, that we don't really understand what that means until something like that happens. You're like, Oh, geez. hundred percent. It's, it's oh, a good reminder. Yeah. How, how cool was it to be inducted into Luther college athletic hall of fame? Like when did you get the call? It was cool. Um, it was cool because Davis had nominated me. So my college coach had nominated me mm-hmm. um, and they do it over um, like halftime of a football game or their homecoming game that weekend. So, you know, it, it was cool. It, um, it just kind of validated, right. It gave me another level of validation. Like it was um, respected or it was, um, you know, I guess, you know, respected, you know, that, that you put that blood, sweat and tears into something that you didn't have to do in college, you know, I mean, you, you got all walks of life and everyone going every different direction. So these, these guys and gals that stay committed to a sport that they wanted to pursue and love and have a passion for, it's hard for them to get the due recognition, mm-hmm. you know? So I, that, that felt like a little bit of a endorsement there, you know, by the school. Yeah. Um, and then did you know you wanted to get any coaching? Was that always something in the back of your mind? That was, uh, that was last minute. Um, I was helping out, I was helping out Luther college, mm-hmm. um, coaching last dual meet of the year versus the university of Dubuque. We're walking across to shake hands and Chuck Hass is, was at UD at the time and said, Hey, have you ever thought about getting your master's degree in coaching? And at that time I'm sitting there going, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't thought about that. And so he planted that seed, um, had a conversation with them. And that's inevitably what I did do as I went down to Dubuque, worked for Coach Hass, um, pursued my master's at Loris College. 
and uh, then ultimately went down to um, Campbell after that. Um, you know, so gave it a real go. Yeah, I was gonna say no one probably knows that you were at Campbell and Syracuse. You know, like yeah. what did you end up there at those two schools. Um, get I get done with the grad class at Loris on a like a Thursday night. Me and my roommate are sitting there, and he's a football player, former D one football player at Miami of Ohio, and he said that he had to get out of get out of Dubuque and wanted to get back to a Division one level. Mm-hmm. And I really got along with Matt well, and and I'm sitting here going, man. And back then, if you're looking for a job, you had to look at the NCAA news. There was no online, you know, the market. It was it mm-hmm. was print, you know. And uh, I told him, I go, open that up. Is there any wrestling ones? And he goes, yeah, there's one looking for uh, an assistant coach called Campbell uh, University. And I go, where's that? He goes, Bowie's Creek. And I'm like, man, I'm going to fill out. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and apply for it. So I did and got a call back. They flew me down. I ran a, a day session down there. And uh, I, I came back, said to myself, if I really was going to pursue coaching, I need to get out of my comfort zone. I need to get out of Iowa. I need to really test the waters to see if if this is going to make it. And uh, so glad I went on that journey. Yeah, what was that like? So you spent a year at Campbell and a year at Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, Boys Creek, I mean, that was like, you know, instead of cornfields, it's tobacco fields, <laughs> right? I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's, it's, I, I lived in Boys Creek for a while. I lived in Raleigh for a while. And eventually I needed to be around some humans. <laughs> and um, a lot of small communities, rural setting. Um, I was very well accepted. I thought it was a great cultural experience. Um, you know, the, the, the Iowa, you know, being from Iowa, that background, my energy, my attitude about the sport of wrestling was, was well received. And, uh, you know, we we're doing some good things there. And then that coach at Campbell then took the head job at Syracuse. So Brian Smith, the coach at Missouri was at Syracuse at the time. Mm-hmm. And, Brian left for the Missouri opening that up so that I followed Scott up to, up to Syracuse and quickly found a guy named Gene Mills and hung out with the legend. So, (laughs) so you were up in Syracuse for, for a year. What was that like? That was great. Yeah. That was great. I mean, big time facility, um, you know, wrestling though was getting pushed out. Um, I think that's, you know, part of the reason why Brian left, he was trying to, you know, they were going to drop Syracuse wrestling. There was that big save Syracuse wrestling campaign raised a couple million dollars and they were on their way. And, and I, I think it surprised them and they weren't real pleased with that. And um, so Brian took off, we went up there and, but I mean, I just, I just, you know, extended my network, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, like I said, Gene Mills, he's basically the Dan Gable of the East coast up there in that Northeast. I mean, he couldn't go anywhere without, you know, people stopping him. Um, and so I lived in one of his homes, um, just some great people that I met around that area at the time. And, um, I thought it was a great experience. 
Yeah. And then what, how'd you end up now back at Upper Iowa? Well, I was up at Syracuse and then I knew I kind of, I could tell, right. Well, there's smoke, there's fire, you know, this, they might try to drop it. Um, you know, Tom Ryan wrestled out at Syracuse. Yeah. I had a, I found Tom Ryan practice footage of him at Syracuse and called him and told him about that. And, you know, met, met some, like Rob Cole. That's where I met Rob Cole when he was at Cornell and hung out with those guys. And Fuseli was at Binghamton. So just being around that energy and culture, I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I needed to find a home to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And those guys were, were pretty loyal dogs into the programs they were at. And upper I, I was actually at um, the Junior College National Tournament in Rochester, Minnesota, sitting up in the stands. They see Mark Schwab, who's from Osage, who's coaching at Missouri at the time. Um, or I'm Missouri, I'm sorry, Minnesota at the time for J-Rob. Um, saw Sam Barber, who <clears throat> was the interim coach here at the time at Upper Iowa with Mike passing away. <laughs> and I just went up and we started talking and Sam's like, I don't want to, you know, take over. Um, just emotionally too much, you know, with, with Mac passing away here. Um, and it just, it was that conversation. He's like, you should apply for it. So then uh, when it came open, I applied, got interviewed, accepted the job, lived with Sam for about two months in the railroad depot out in the, in the boonies. And, um, I think I told my wife, you know, let's give this thing six years and see where we're at at that time. Well, I think we're coming up on year 24 now. So six years. Why, why, how'd you come up with that number? I was only 27, so I didn't have all the answers. Okay. But <laughs> I think four felt like it'd been too short. I wanted to be able to start to recruit the kids that I really wanted into the program. And I figured that might take me a year or two before if I'm knocking on and, and picking up the phone and calling these high schools and, and we're going to have to get our, reputation or image um our success up get established and then i wanted to have a full class to really know what we're all about mm-hmm. um and immediately we we put things together in a hurry and you know a couple of things broke our way like a guy like jesus wilson coming back out of retirement to wrestle for us and winning a national title and that guy is a world-class athlete you know um taking second in the country in that second year you know, really allowed, you know, the recruiting doors and avenues to open up a little bit more for us. Yeah. How did you, how did that year happen? You know, Mm -hmm. just your second year and all of a sudden you're knocking on the doorstep of a national title. It's the best, it was the best placement ever for upper Iowa wrestling. Yep. Second, you know, we've been third, fourth, all that jazz. Um, But when I got here, um, we had a, one of their studs was injured. Um, a couple were going to transfer. Um, another guy like Jesus, you know, won a title, was then going to just pursue his Olympic dream. Um, a couple things like that. So we we just, you know, started to try to put this thing together for the following year. This first year is going to be pretty hectic, right? We're going to take whatever we can out of it and, and build um, and we did. We had two All-Americans. We had Corey Beckman from New Hampton um, become an All-American. And he only stayed because he didn't qualify the year before and wanted to prove that he could do it before mm-hmm. he did something different. Um, so we're building this for the following year. And I was able to convince George 
Hey, get your knee fixed, you know, get that cleaned up, use your last year, the following year. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to work on Jesus to come back, you know, and we're able to get him back. So when you add in a, there's two national finals right there. Cliff Thompson made the finals that year as well. Um, he was, you know, already a two-time All-American. Um, brought in a couple hot recruits, freshmen that made it and was an All-American right away. And then I pulled a, an older guy out um, of Florida. He was actually um, in the Marines. And uh, Brian Black, yeah, um, heck, of a, heck of a guy, state champ. You know, he was on one of the dream teams at one point in his career but it had gone a different route. And I told him what we were building and he's like, let's do it. It was. And so he came on up and we had six, six absolute hammers, you know, and, and guys like Brett Myers from Postville, Iowa. And hmm. yeah, it was, we're, we're a tough looking group. Thanks. So you pulled somebody out of retirement. You convinced another to get his knee, knee taken care of and come back. Um, pulled a guy from the Marines. <laughs> this just seems like a, I don't know, just uh, kind of a crazy recruiting trip there. <laughs> it was, it was. But here's the deal: when I got the job, I would call to the local high schools and be like, "Hey, I wanna, I wanna talk to Kelby. Can you get me Kelby's number?" And they'd be like, "Ah, coach, you know, Kelby's looking, you know, over here. I don't know, but you know, what? here, here's John. Here's Johnny's number." I was like, "Oh man, Johnny's a great kid, I'm sure, but Johnny, Johnny's not going to help us win, mm-hmm. you know, and." Winning is important. Winning is an important part of the culture that we that we're trying to invest our our lives in. And um, you know, when you're when you're battling, you know, like Wartburg at the time, you know, having that tradition for these local Iowa kids, uh, that was tough. And so we had to win. And by us that year getting second in the country and tying Wartburg, that being blown up in the Waterloo Courier, all the area high school coaches were like, hey. You know, Grim and these guys mean business. You know, they're going to try putting our kids in good spots, and um, that was a lot of validation that that we can compete uh, and be consistent with it. And now you look at our roster, and you look at some of the other area schools. Um, you know, we're 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 kind of making a living on these this Northeast Iowa area. Yeah, I love it too. You know, um, it, because it's a small town. Fayette is very small. Um, how do you sort of get kids to come in and even, you know, I've talked to a coach out at Shadron state, Brett Hunter, um, you know, how, and I asked him the same question. How do you get kids to even just listen or even come to a school that's, you know, population of Fayette's what 500, you know? Yeah. How do you, I mean, best, the best, um, I think the best recruiting agent you can have is your roster. And so, you know, Kelby, if you're, if you're, if your son, you know, is thinking about upper Iowa, you know, who's he going to be doing it with? Right. And when you can throw your, your roster out there and talk about each one of those kids and what kind of family they come from, how they are, what are their academic goals, just who they are as people. And then let alone the wrestling success that they've had, it, it, it makes it a lot more, um, viable you know when you go oh wow those guys are there um and and i've had i got a daughter that's at north central college you know same kind of thing you look at their roster you're like hey that's a good roster there's some good people there it's not some hope and dream that you're trying to you know 
get sold on or have to build or create yourself. So, um, you know, our culture, uh, the way that we um, support wrestling and have over the years here, it's pretty obvious. And uh, I don't think it, it hurts anymore in this um, fluid days of, of sport, you know, to have some stability, you know, with I've been here and, and my part-time coaches are all up Iowa guys. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's some uh, board of trustees that are, that are big wrestling fans and, and you can just kind of feel that energy around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I talked to Chase Lundsman earlier um, and uh, he talked about how close the team is and his group of friends specifically, they like call themselves like hooch or something. Yeah. <laughs> They're just so tight knit. And so after he won the national title, I mean, they had like the camera backstage or whatever, and everyone was back there. It seemed like everyone was back there. They put him on his shoulders. Like, so it just seems like what you're talking about is, is was on this full display there for everyone to see how tight knit your, your team is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just coach talk or some dream here, but smaller institutions, at least us, I mean, the way I look at it, we're, we are selling, we are a family business, right? I mean, that we're a family business. We're not some big conglomerate, you know, we're not um, just focused solely, you know, on the wins and loss of that desired outcome. I mean, like some big corporation is going to make decisions based on, on bottom line, you know, are you producing or not? Um, this is a, this is a family business the way we're running up our out wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I, I just, like I said, I just keep thinking back to that, you know, knowing Chase and knowing that family and everything, just uh, how cool it was to see him come out on top after a couple tough runs at it last couple of years. And now he's been like almost the biggest promoter of, of Upper Iowa. Like he's been all over the place since he won it. Yeah. And so it's got to be great for the program. Just, yeah. I actually, I actually coached his dad. So when I, when I went to the University of Dubuque. Right. Um, Dom was there as a student athlete. And so um, I got a year, I brushed, you know, elbows with Dom and Luke, all those Monty boys. So what I got the heck? family. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Cause I thought, yes, he did say that. Yeah. That's gotta be pretty special that you coached. Does that make you feel kind of old too, that you coached both his dad and now son? <laughs> yeah. It makes me feel good. Makes me yeah. feel good. <laughs> no, I, I'm just glad. I mean, you know how we're all invested. Got a lot of pride. I, I'm very, very yeah. happy. I could, I could feel Dom's, Dom's pride. That's for sure. But Chase, you know, it's. I think we said it best. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't really won that Saturday night. He had, he had earned that title every day of the week in the training room, you know, practicing in the weight room. The way he's went about his business ever since that setback at regionals, mm-hmm. he had. Um, he, he he did it right. He approached it right. Um, yeah, and I mean, here we go. Let's let's fire him back up again. Let's let's go uh, win our win win another national title. Yeah, you you fired up already for this next upcoming year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Some people ask like, how long are you gonna do it? And I always say there's not a number. It's really yeah. just you wake up one day and if you don't have the juice, then you better step aside. You know. So if I keep waking up with the juice. I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, back in 2008, my, my brother remembers or told me a story that back in 2008, Schwab, Doug made the Olympic team and you were like his biggest promoter. So I think you were, um, I don't know if you were fundraising for him or what, but you were just 
all over, all about it. So what do you remember about about 2008 when Schwab made the Olympics? Well, I don't know if I was that big of a piece of anything. <laughs> I was just, you know. I mean, we got a little bit of love because, right, and you're talking about 2008. You know what I mean? Coming from Osage, Iowa, just that, that whole community vibe got thrown out there. And, you know, back then we had, you know, um, me and Dave Malachek coaching and um, Trent Goodale, Limestone College was a, you know, division two head coach as well. And, um, you know, you know, Schwab coach at Minnesota and then, and then, you know, Doug at Iowa and eventually, you know, taking over at you and I, I mean, it was just that, that kept getting played up quite a bit, you know, uh, how can a town of 2,500, you know, have, you know, kids, you know, kids in these spots and coaches in these spots. And, you know, we just always threw it back on, on our mentors and, and they did it right. And, um, you know, so, I mean, Doug, I mean, we're very proud of him. We're very proud of, of everybody that comes out of Osage, you know, that's for sure. And it's easy to get behind, you know, a horse that uh, does it right and wrestles hard and um, it's easy to support. So, um, like I said, it, you know, once a green devil, always a green devil. That's probably the best way to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very passionate, passionate town, especially for wrestling. What what was it like wrestling? You know, I never had the privilege of wrestling in that gym. Um, what was it like wrestling for Osage in that gym? Yeah. Man, I always say that my, my first, I was a freshman, the first dual meet of my career, I remember coming out of the um wrestling room double doors right into the gym lights are all down places packed um i remember a guy walking by me and he looked at me i know his name but i'll protect him <laughs> um, came right up to me got right in my face and he's not the most athletic guy either and slapped me as hard as he could here i'm a freshman getting ready to wrestle this match this guy from out basically out of the stand slaps me across the face and goes you better win i got 20 bucks on you and I'm sitting here going, man, I love this. I love it. Really? Yeah. yeah. This is awesome. This matters. People care. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, that gym, obviously knowing that my dad had wrestled in that gym, my uncles wrestled in that gym. Um, heck I can, you know, now go another level. You know, my daughter actually got to wrestle in that gym, both of them actually. Um, so, you know, it, yeah, there's a lot of pride, um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of tradition and legacy, you know, that that's ran through that program and, and still is. That's crazy. The longevity that it has been, you know, with now Jennings being there, but um, you've sort of had the same success, you know, how have you been able to hold it together for now going on, you know, 20, 24 years? Um, don't take anything for granted. You know, that's for sure. Don't ever think something's going to come easy. Um, you know, don't let your guard down because, you know, where you think you, you might be strongest, you know, might quickly turn and that could become a, an issue. So, um, but doing it with, but having good people around me. I mean, I know that's kind of a cliche, but seriously, um, when you got a university president, board trustee members, an athletic director, which I've been pretty blessed to have some great ones throughout my time here. Um, and then assistant coaches. I mean, I, when I get these upper Iowa peacocks back to help out, I mean, 
you know, they, we trusted each other, you know, for four or five years, you know, and then, then to have them in a coaching role, um, you know, it's, it's just, it just feels right. Um, so a lot of loyalty within our program, uh, a lot of support. So, I mean, th- those are, those are a few points there that you wouldn't want to forget about. Yeah. What does that say about you as a coach to have athletes that want to come back and work with you? You know, I read an article, um, it said coach Grimm could make every single athlete and coach on the team feel like they were critical to the overall success of the team on a day-to-day basis. You're, you know, you're a glass half full guy, you know, for sure. For sure. I mean, right. I mean, uh, you might be on the other side of that. Like I've been on the other side of that, you know, I've been, I've been the guy not getting what you wanted. Um, you know, I've had daughters, you know, my, my own flesh and blood, you know, they don't get what they want, you know, always. Um, so I know it's real and I know it does take more than three, four individual studs to carry a team and a program, but, um, and that may be a good way to say it. You can have two, three guys carry a team and, and make you look good on paper, but it takes, it takes an army, right. To have a good program. And you can kind of, you know, survey the landscape of, of college wrestling and be like, man, they're, they're pretty consistent. Like, you know, their level of success. And it's because they got an army and they got an army. There's, it's not every year they just get two or three guys coming in to carry them. It's, it's, you can have a good year here and there with two or three guys, but, um, you know, to do it consistently, you need that army. And, and that's cool. I, you know, guys like Carl Broghammer and Jordan Rinkin, uh, Nick Baumler, you know, I got Jordan Rotes back now as my head full-time, you know, I mean, I've, I've just had, you know, Travis Eggers. I've had lots of different guys pitch in, you know, Jacob Peterson. And, and it just, it's always, it always feels right. You know, those guys, they know what to expect from me. They know where they might need to push me as well, which, you know, I'm very loving for that and grateful for that. Um, you know, I want to keep growing and evolving as well, but not to the point where you lose that, that standard, that expectation, that, that baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask about a couple of guys. Um, so Mark Mueller and Justin Decker. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, they, uh, they came back into the sport after being away for so long. Um, you know, how did you sort of, you know, how'd you feel like, Hey, you know, let's, let's give this thing a go, you know, when you're, you could have easily been like, ah, you know, we got something here. You've been out for too long. Let's just, you know. I wanted him. You did? I wanted him. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I had Decker and so here's the guy, Justin Decker, not too far away from Fayette. Right. And hmm. it's a commodity to have, you know, high level thinking um, and people that can perform at a high level on this, on the mat within driving distance from Fayette. So it's like, I got to get to know this guy. I need to cross paths with him. And uh, we brought him on as an assistant coach. And so I, then I just saw how well he got along with guys, how hard he worked, what he brings to the table. And, and I'd say it was kind of mutual. I mean, he's like, Hey, I got eligibility. I, I'd like to do it with these guys. We're going D2. He goes, I'd love to be part of that first team that brings home a national trophy. And that was our mantra. That was our our mission, our motive. Um, when we left D3 to go to D2, it's like, I want to, let's bring home a trophy. Let's show the world, you know, 
little Fayette, little upper Iowa, we can do this mm-hmm. thing, you know, play with the big boys. And Deck wanted to be part of that. So, you know, he qualified that year. We went to Omaha. We come back with that third place trophy. Eggers won the national title. Pedretti, you know, I mean, Mumbler was in the finals. Um, you know, Derek Slarzik chipped in, um, you know, so that was easy. It really was. I mean, and, and then, you know, um, you know, then we kept him on as an assistant later. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark, he was a guy that was at Iowa as well and had floated around. And I think Luther um, gave him a test run one time and got him to, to go. And um, he said, though, like, he, you know, he's from Postville, so it's not far away. So we'd cross paths and we'd, we'd work out or we'd have him around or something. And um, he was just like, man, I, I like this group of guys. And I was like, Mark, we should get you on as a part-time coach. You know, you got a ton to offer. I, I'll say this right now. I mean, Mark Mueller is probably the, was the hardest wrestler for me to wrestle against. Like, you know, you know, whatever, Decker, Eggers. Meyer, I mean, big guys, whatever. Jesus being a little too small. Mueller, though, was big. And his, I mean, he had unbelievable balance and hips and quads and could hand fight like no other. The guy was unbelievably great. So he just got in the room and same kind of thing. He got the bug when he got back in with us. And I said, Mark, you know, we can make a run at winning this whole thing. You know, and uh, Mark, you know, um, had a shaky experience trying it at Luther. Um, and then we got him to the national tournament and he took fifth in the country. And I mean, he was, I mean, he was the real deal, man. I, that guy was a, a handful to compete against. I couldn't touch his legs. Uh, what does that say also about like all these things, I guess that keep, you keep bringing up, bring, bring back to you as a coach. No, you know, um, you said little Fayette, Iowa, you know, yeah, you're bringing home national trophies. Um, you're getting these guys who may not have had the feel for it at other places, but now they come to your program and get a feel for you and your program. And they're like, Hey, I think I can do this again. You know, like what, what is it? What is it about you? <laughs> no, it's, it's that. I mean, I'm one piece of it. Right. right? Um, and that's for sure. I mean, it takes an army. It takes mm-hmm. an army. And and I just think that people understand. I mean, we're, we're um, open door. We are who we are. Um, we've got a lot of take a ton of pride in what we do. Um, have never forgotten what it's like to be an athlete. And mm-hmm. I like keeping that perspective fresh. And, um, you know, it, it's it's. Uh, and I think, you know, by being here as long as I have been, people, you know, got to understand. I mean, I'm all about pride. I'm all about, you know, loyalty. And, um, yeah, I think that that goes a long way. It's a missed thing, you know, um, by maybe some of the some of the other, you know, programs or cultures or generations. But um, proofs in the pudding, you know, um, and I, and I try to sound myself the same kind of guys. That's for sure. How did you, did you think you could win at Upper Iowa? I mean, that might sound like a silly, silly-ish question, but, uh, you know, you were coming into a little, littler school at the time. Mm-hmm. And here you are, 24 years later, built something pretty remarkable. Well, 
the sixties and seventies were great. I mean, upper Iowa and would wrestle you and I, and it'd come down to heavyweight. You know, I mean, it was, there was some really neat battles that historically look, look upon um, and the names that went through in the sixties and seventies, eighties and nineties were, were lean. They had a couple individuals that were dynamite, but um, I, 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 I saw this job as like an opportunity to wake a sleeping giant, you know, but I didn't know if that was possible or not, you know, right. I mean, that's the way I, I looked at it. I'm like, Hey man, this thing's got, there's some history, some tradition here, some legendary names. There's a ton of coaches out there like Dick Ingle and uh, Gary Weber and guys like that, that are all coaching right now that are in the Iowa high school hall of fame. And, you know, they're upper Iowa grads, and, you know, it, it, it was, you know, officials. I mean, there were, this place was known for wrestling. So, uh, and then we did that where we're able to bring in a, a military guy, get a freshman to wrestle out of his mind, you know, have a guy come off knee surgery, have your two core all Americans already back, bring a guy out of retirement and, and get second in the country your second year. Well, you're darn right. You know, then it's like, Hey, let's find a way to put this together every year. Um, it's going to be a little different design, but you know, why not? It starts with that attitude of why not, you know, we can do this thing. Yeah. And that can be a tough, um, some people have that mindset right away. Did you, did you have that? Why not? Or did it eventually become, did you kind of build that up? Like, okay, I can see it here. Why not here? No, I mean, us getting second that year. I mean, and, uh, Jim Miller was the coach at Warburg at the time. Yeah. I remember Jim reaching out to me and asked me if we would want to share bus out to Ohio state to the national duels. And I thought to myself, man, there's Jim le- legendary man, mm-hmm. you know, calling me a you know rookie, but I think Jim's pretty smart too. And he knows that we got some hammers mm-hmm. knowing Jim, he's probably trying to get the inside angle on everything. <laughs> so I always give him credit for that, but I did. I knew that we were going to be good. Uh, and we got second that year. We're, we're really, we're uh, a writing time point or an escape point away from winning the whole thing. Right. Wow. You know, I mean, we sh- seriously, like <clears throat> it was that close. Uh, 165, number one versus number two. And we were number one. We beat Augsburg's number two guy early in the year. And, um, you know, George lost. That was the kid that redshirted, you know, to, hmm. got that knee fixed. And uh, he lost, you know, like a, a two to one match. Um, we went down, he rode us just long enough to get the writing time point or else we win the national title. So we knew we could. Uh, and then I had another team, like I thought we were going to win it. And I also thought we had a guy that, that could beat Marcus Levisur at Augsburg. He was going to be a four-time undefeated division three national champ. And I'm like, man, you know, we got this guy. Um, out of Florida, um, Corey Hill was his name and, uh, tons of respect to Marcus Levisler, but I would have loved for that match to have gone down. So our last, I, I got him in, he was eligible, ready to rock and roll. He was at Colby community college or Lassen as well. I think he was at both. And, uh, Corey came up here and, um, that was when the announcement went down that we were going to leave division three and go division two. And they, he brought me in and he goes, well, you know what this means though, that you got to take two years off. You can't compete at nationals. 
I was like, man, I got this guy, Corey Hill. He, matter of fact, we, he, we hosted the Mike McCready Open that year, and Mark Perry from Iowa came up and wrestled in it. And we were in sudden victory with, with Perry. This Corey Hill is a real deal, man. We oh, called him the real deal. You could Google him. Uh, God rest his soul, he's passed away. But he's the guy that was on one of those first um, – you know, ultimate fighter shows where he, he leg, he yeah. kicks a guy and he breaks his leg and it snaps. If you just Google Corey Hill, yeah. I'm telling you, huge Corey Hill fan. Um, that guy was six foot four, 157 pounds, 165 pounds. <laughs> and he was as dangerous. And Mark Perry, when he was going to the national tournament um, in St. Louis, I remember seeing him. I said, good luck. And he goes, coach, he goes, that guy that I wrestled from your school uh, at the McCready Open in December, might have been the the toughest opponent I've wrestled in a long, long time. So that was the guy I was going to go after Levisor with, and I, and I, and we had a pretty good team. So uh, we knew we could win. We mm-hmm. knew we could win. And then the Division Two thing came up, and that was uncharted territory for me. Right? I mean, I was a Division Three wrestler. I knew the D three scene. I knew the ins and outs of D three. D two was all right. Let's take this step. Let's go get some. Let's get some national tournament experience. Let's get some All Americans. Let's get a champ. Hey, we can do this. We can. We can compete. Wrestling's wrestling. Um, I've always said the difference between D three and D two is just the depth of quality. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's some high end D three guys that are just as elite, you know, but there's not as many of them, mm-hmm. and so that makes for a different tournament, different experience for sure. Yeah, what was that like to get word that you were moving up? You know, obviously you're you're excited, but then you're also like on the flip side, you're also hurting for, you know, how for your athletes who now can't compete. You know, what was that transition period like? Yeah, well, I didn't like it right away. Obviously, yeah. right? I had, I, I mean, I I had a guy from Syracuse come out of retirement to come wrestle for me. He was going to finish up his degree out at Syracuse, but back then, the NCAA rules wouldn't allow you to graduate from one institution and wrestle for another one. So he stopped his degree, one class short, came out here, um, CJ McNaught, and CJ CJ got caught in between this transition. And so he's hung out in, in Fayette, in, in Iowa, for two years to get a chance to wrestle that last go around. And so I had I was invested in Corey Hill and CJ McNaughts and and all these guys, Ralph Acosta, that freshman that helped us in 2002, you know, become you know a second place trophy team. He was now caught in the transition of his last year of eligibility. And Brian Black, the guy, the Marine that was a two time All American, now he doesn't need two more years off, you know. So I mean, I was I was against it because I wanted these kids to get what they were. They were they were wanting, and, mm-hmm. and that was some big time team success. But um, once we knew we couldn't change it, well, there's only you know the only mindset is is what's next best plan, and we laid a plan out pretty much for everybody, and I think we kept everybody but one athlete. Um, wow, and and you know some got an opportunity to compete that maybe didn't think they could, um, you know. And some, you know, the kids that were older that had success already, they um, took some time off, you know, going part time to school, whatever it required. Um, so then when we came into D2 that that 05, 06 year, we did have some guys with some 
experience and we're able to get some guys on the podium right away. Wow. You've, you've had a pretty interesting, you know, career. You went to, to Campbell, Syracuse, Upper Iowa, transitioned to D from D3 to D2. You've had athletes come in who have been out of the sport for a while. I mean, it's been quite a ride. <laughs> it seems like. Yep. Buckle in. <laughs> Not only that, what you, uh, nine top 11 finishes. So almost half the time you're finishing in the top 11. I mean, sure. Sure. I, um, I, I like seeing our, I like seeing our program hang banners from the national dual meet championship. Mm-hmm. That means a ton to me. Um, I think 13 of the last 15 opportunities we've had, we've placed in the national duels. That means a ton to me. That means our, yeah. our program's healthy. I like to brag about that number. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think we had our Coulter by, uh, 184 was an All-American this year. I think he became our 100th All-American in program history. Wow. Um, you know, and, and when you brought when you brought home a national team trophy, there's no replacement for it. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the ultimate every time. I want I would love to have the gold one for sure. But um, damn proud of those second, third, and fourth place ones as well. So um yeah, I mean, someday I'll look back at some of the numbers a little bit deeper, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, let's keep going, ch- chasing down those trophies if we can. Yeah, what what kind of coach are you now compared to when you started? Hmm. The, the old guys would say I'm softer now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm smarter. Mm-hmm. Probably my adage back then was, you can work hard and work harder or the, or the two options. Uh, now it's, it's, you know, train hard, train smart. And so um, I would say some people probably don't think I do it enough, you know, let go of the reins. You know, I, I try to do that a little bit more, but that's, that's never easy either. Um, you know, but uh, you know, I just think just more experience, you know, I don't get rattled. I try not to get as, uh, come off, you know, as, as too high or too low, but yet I got to be true to who I am. I'm, I'm an emotional, excitable guy. And, you know, sure. I can play the stoic card and, and all that, but, uh, you know, I want to wear my emotions on my sleeves at time too, but, but deep down my mental health is like, I, I stay a lot more stable. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Mm-hmm. How do you decompress? You know, um, obviously there are times where you probably have a lot of stress on your plate, you know, athletes, schools, you know, uh, academics, practice, like can be just a lot home family, you know, how do you decompress? Well, that's a bit of give credit to my wife right there. You know, I mean, wife Angela, I met her, um, you know, down in North Carolina, actually, really, uh, she was going to Raleigh. Uh, or to check, uh, what, what do you want? NC State at the time. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to Syracuse, she transferred to Syracuse and finished up there. And uh, so she's been great for me. Obviously, a balance. She loves the sport, um, gets invested in our guys. She gives me a little different perspective. You know, she's from, you know, just across the Hudson River. You know, you know, you're talking, lived in the Bronx for a little while. You know, I mean, she, 
just a more of a, a, a different vibe there. And then the kids, it's easy to get submerged into my kids' lives. And so that that's a nice um, decompression from, you know, what's going on within the, mm-hmm. the walls of LeBron wrestling. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really have any tricks to that. I just, um, I kind of get, you know, try to disengage a little bit, get some, get a recharge in. I know the value of it. And my wife and kids have always been good for me in that aspect. Yeah. Was your, did your wife know anything about wrestling when she met you? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, she really? dated some big high school wrestling stud, you know, that went to Blair Academy, you know, oh, so okay. I got to hear about that for a few years. <laughs> uh, so she, so she knew about the sport. Okay. Um, yes. She's from, you know, Bergen County, you know, you know, Bergen Catholic, you know, mm-hmm. so I mean, obviously a good Jersey school. Right. And, yeah. and then she, she was over at NYU for a semester and she met the coach out there. And, uh, I mean, she's known known him, and he's known of her forever. And so, no, she's she um she gets it. She understands what it takes, um, you know. And that's why it was nice too when our kids wrestled, our daughters wrestle a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, she could kind of give me a pretty good perspective on what was going on if I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how difficult was that to you know your your kids? You know, they were going to O stage. Um, you know, as of late. You know, you're in Fayette. That's like 90 minutes. Yeah, it's, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I, I make a lot. I mean, I know I do a lot with the kids. I, I put a lot of time into it. So, um, I mean, there was, I, I'd get dropped off on the interstate, you know, if I had my car parked on a road trip somewhere, so I'd get dropped off. And so I could, you know, if it was three in the morning, instead of getting back to Fayette at, you know, I just get dropped off there, get in a car and go catch up to them. My assistant coaches were great. The athletes understood it too. If there was a thing I'd, I'd, you know, bounce out of, but we we're not missing anything, you know, that, you know, I can't miss that's for sure. So. Wow. So you were getting dropped off on the side of the road, on the interstate. Well, I mean, we were up in uh, Marshall, Minnesota conference duels mm-hmm. and I had like, and I knew that like AAU state, was down in Des Moines. And so, you know, for me to get there in time for first round, you know, I, I'd park my car at that truck stop and get dropped off there by the bus and then see you later guys. And I'd just cruise right down the interstate the rest of the way and <clears throat> sleep on the bridge for an hour or two in my car and then <laughs> show up and they'd be like, you're crazy dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy in a good way. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. Things you should do, man. It it goes by too quick. I mean, my daughter's already going to be a junior in college. The other one's going to be a freshman in college. Um, you know, we're all in, and so it, you know, try to try to absorb as much of it as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, like you kind of alluded to before, it's nice to have faith in in your assistant coaches that if you need that time off or you need to be gone, that they can hold down the four and you're trusting your athletes too. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Wow. Dude, they probably want me to be gone more. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not gone too much. That's for sure. But yeah. What, yeah. Uh, how special was it to watch your, your girls, you know, grow up and start to wrestle, you know, because they, they didn't have the opportunity, you know, like 10 years ago, they wouldn't have had that opportunity. Yeah. 
or the same opportunity being sanctioned, you know? Well, I mean, it was, it was real impressive. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that Emma, she, she kind of pushed it, pushed the envelope because I, I was, uh, I kind of, I was a little sensitive to the fact that I had two girls and I figured most of the wrestling community would, would think like, I'm a guy that made my daughters wrestle. You know, that right. was still in that mind frame, that mindset, you know, back then, which isn't right. I mean, that wasn't right. So even though Emma probably wanted to wrestle when she was younger, I, I held her out of it. Um, the boy girl mix. And I was like, you know, until there's girl versus girl competition, you know, um, and then her sophomore year in high school, they did that. And she came home that day and, and said, well, dad, I'm wrestling. And I'm like, tell me more. And uh, I think we dropped our bags right there and started going over technique in the living room. And um, she has done a ton and a little bit of time. I mean, starting at that stage and, you know, she was ranked by USA Wrestling Magazine, you know, by the time she graduated and, and what nine and one at the junior duels, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, now wrestling in college, she's placed at the U twenties, you know, out in Spokane, you know, that's, that's really cool seeing that climb. I couldn't be any more proud of her, um, you know, but uh, you know, being on that prep of, you know, it becoming official too. She was a great spokes, you know, woman for that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, she still keeps in contact with some of the young girls in the state of Iowa now. Um, and uh, I, I think that impact's been real healthy for, for everybody. Uh, you know, then my youngest, Leah, you know, she just, she got talked into wrestling, you know, by her sister. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that I was good. And, and she did a lot with the little bit of time she put into it too. So, you know, darn proud of that as well. But I think that these two also were pretty blessed with being around the upper Iowa wrestling guys all their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether, whether they're putting shoes on and getting after it, you know, like a lot of the girls were, they were absorbing a ton mentally. And um, I, I think a lot of it came easy to them once they started doing it, because it's like, you know, the Mitchell Schultz's and, you know, Travis Eggers and Carl Broghammer, Ryan Phillips. I mean, you know, they, they're, flower girls and weddings and they're at these dances and they're that's that's who they knew you know so uh, they've been around some pretty blessed people yeah and and what about you who's been who's been some a uh, couple people that stick out to you in your mind that you know you've been blessed with to know or cross paths with well i mean obviously my wife i mean that's, yeah. that's number one that's number one that's for sure and that's truthful uh, mm-hmm. You know, as far as, you know, coach score, Nate score, um, you know, college best friend. And he went up to California and I was in Syracuse coaching. And I got the job here. I called him, said, let's do this thing, you know, and he came back from California, met me in Fayette and coach score. And I have been, you know, side by side, a big part of this journey until he took over and down at Denver high school, you know, as activities director there a few years back. Um you know, but I mean, just the brushes with people like Dave Auble, who's a three-time national champion, um, you know, the old, older guy, right? I mean, he was actually the head coach at UCLA back when UCLA had wrestling. Um, you know, Marty Nichols out at Ithaca College, you know, those guys, when I was out in New York, Gene Mills, you know, uh, 
you know, Rob Cole, I could call Rob, you know, uh, that's, that's big stuff. Cause they, they're, they're, they're not people from my nest, you know, where obviously I could, I could go lean on Mark Schwab, you know, any day of the week, you know, or my high school, you know, people are people with those age ties, but, you know, just kind of getting people outside of the nest that, you know, believe Mike Fuseli, the coach at Binghamton, you know, um, you know, I think he liked me a lot. He, he saw a lot of good in me, you know? So, I mean, I think, you know, some of those kind of people jump out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffalo coach, John Stutzman's a great guy. Still call, still contact that guy quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as you look back on your career so far, you know, in the coaching realms, are you able to just be proud of what you've accomplished? I know there's still work left to be done, but are you able to, to be proud of, of what you've accomplished so far? Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, you don't look too far ahead, but I mean, mm-hmm. you, you need to take some time and celebrate the successes you do. Uh, you just don't you just you know, not too much. You got to recognize them. You know, I got Trevor Franklin. He's going into the division two wrestling hall of fame, you know? So that's where I'm heading next week. Yeah. I didn't know that. When was that so, announced? Um, it was probably announced a couple weeks, uh, a month ago. Wow. Um, he's so humble. He's not going to advertise it. Yeah. Trevor, but yeah, I nominated him. Um, he's going in. So, so during the coaches convention down in Florida here, um, the 27th through the 30th is the convention. Um, Friday, the 28th is his induction. So um, I'll be flying down there. But, you know, I mean, that's that's the Division Two National Wrestling Coaches Association Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, Trav, we haven't been in D2 that long. And I got Travis Eggers got in in 2018 when we hosted. And then this year, Trevor Franklin went in. So we got two guys that are already in that thing forever. And, and the group of people in that D2 Hall of Fame is that's something special. If you start looking at uh, who they are and Olympic, you know, medalists and world champions and. Uh, legendary coaches and guys like Carlton Hasselrig and, um, you know, all pro, you know, NFL players. So yeah, real proud of what these guys are getting honored and recognized for. And if I could be a piece of it, a part of it, great, you know, um, try putting them in position to be successful and take a lot of pride in, in those that do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's no, no, uh, no secret to why your program has been as successful as it is, is, you know, when you have someone like you at the helm and obviously yes, the army along with you, but uh, you know, having a good head coach is a big, big part of it too. So um, yeah, just keep doing great things, man. I'm upper. Iowa was a great school. It's, it's growing, you know, the facilities are, are really good. They're on par or even better than what are probably around other D2 programs, you know? So Yeah. You bet. We always enjoy when we, we bring a team into Fayette and they're like, man, small. And mm-hmm. they show up into our wrestling facility or they go to the gym and that dual meet environment is, is kicking. And, um, and then we take care of business and then they're like, okay, all right. <laughs> so that was that experience. We, we take a lot of pride in that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost a little hidden gem in there. Like you're right, man. I mean, the, the facilities are really good. And you wouldn't necessarily expect it when you roll into town, but man, you know, before you before you cut me loose here, yeah, what's up, um, Kelly Bachman, Monticello, Iowa. 
2011. No, you're not reading that, are you? Wrestling's newcomers ranked among the nation's best. <laughs> Peacock's recruiting class was named number 10 in non-NCAA Division I institutions. And Jordan Rankin, Blake Sorensen, Matt Paulus, Kelby Bachman, Carson Henry, Travis Jensen, Eric Nelson, Brock Govan, Zach Salisbury, Chris Paulus, Tanner Schmidt, Mitch Funk. That's quite a crew right there. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, before, yeah, I guess real quick again, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. I was not ready um, to be a student athlete, to be a student for one, you know, I go to the University of Nebraska now and um, grades are better, but uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. um, And that was tough. And you recognize that. And I think you did the right thing. And, and, cutting me loose you know that can be tough as a coach to have an athlete come in and have a little faith in them and then they're not really invested in the program and then you have to take initiative and be like hey he, he, we need this isn't working out very much yeah i mean i I'm, i was glad to see you're doing what you're doing because you got a, obviously a passion for it you got some legacy you know with wrestling and all that jazz so i mean i was glad to see you're doing what you're doing i was a communication major as an undergrad and so you know you doing this podcast and stuff like that i thought man that's that's some good stuff maybe uh you know if, if i was reinventing myself you know too maybe i would add some of this going on in my world as well but no man i that's a pretty cool list i mean part of it um obviously chet you know uncle chet and all them i mean mm-hmm. right mfl's been good to us monty's been good to us so yeah. we're glad that we touched bass yeah and i'm glad too you know uh, i actually had sam barber on the other day and um talked you know what a I never knew he was a part of the upper iowa program until i saw on facebook and i was like no kidding sam barber out at air force academy and he said yeah he was with you um for a little bit and what a what a nice guy that guy is too. Wow. Class yep. well, act. love the tears I've got to be part of the wave can't stop. Ever wonder if it's all for you. The world I love the trains I hope to be part of the wave can't stop. Come and tell me when it's time to Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Heath Grimm, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget to check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care. See you next time.
you. This life is more than just a read through.